Justin, I, I told you, I, or both of you guys, I think I told you I was in Dayton for a meeting and I found a shop in Dayton, Dayton, Ohio, and they had a bunch of old Valiant stuff. Yeah. And I picked up like a Harbinger 2, like the old Harbinger. Nice. For like, yeah, it was like 12 or 15 bucks. But it didn't have a coupon in it when I got home. I'm like, damn it. I felt robbed. <laughs> I, I need therapy. Those so there were so many of those books out there, and the coupons that were cut out—they're—they're they're out there, man. A lot of shops yeah. are starting to go hunt for them again. So, you know, my shop here in the city had one, but they wanted like twenty bucks for it, and I passed on it. I'm like, that's too much. So huh. when I found it for twelve, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. Hell, I think I, I paid like a hundred or a hundred and twenty for it back in the day. Oh, back in the nineties. Yeah. Yeah, we've been there, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, that's when the market was stupid. Like, what? Why was it so crazy back then? It was just straight speculators, wasn't it? Well, when. Yeah. Well, when Unity hit, man. Everybody wanted all the back issues. They wanted to read what built up to Unity, and that's what I did. And, God damn, I was, it was 92, man. I was a sophomore in high school working at a KFC, you know, at night and on the weekends. And I just went and tried to buy all of them that I could buy at that time. Damn. That's a lot of chicken, man. That is. That is a lot of fucking chicken. <laughs> That's a lot of chicken to get that issue for under 120 bucks. Do you still have it? Oh, God, yeah. Okay. I've, I've never good. sold any of those. A lot of chicken nuggets, man. <laughs> How much did you get yours for, Jim? So I have I, I have four copies of Harbinger One. Two have coupons, and two are without. Uh, I think I got mine, and I've never had them CGC, but they're they're up there. They have to be at least nine six nine eight. Um, I want to say I let it, I let it cool. Actually Harbinger one with a coupon. I didn't get mine until after the Valiant craze kind of worked its way out in the nineties after, uh, you know, things started bombing and, you know, the, uh, the big implosion, if you will. Um, I want to say I got, I want to say like 40 bucks. And then later on, I would say maybe 2008, 2000, maybe 2006, 2007 range, uh, I started going back, filling in gaps. And I found someone selling uh, Harvey's one through six with coupons, I think for like 80 bucks. Yeah, so I jumped on it. Nice. So I, yeah. Yeah. So that, and just over time, you run across one. And coincidentally, I, I was in a shop today 
and I came across the Harbinger One uh, sitting up on a on a shelf for uh, 50 bucks. And I asked the guy behind the counter. I said, "Does it have the coupon?" He said, "Yes, it does, but it's detached." So he, mm. he opened it up and looked at it. Like 50 bucks is just too high for for a copy with the with the coupon in it, but it was cut out. I, I don't know why they did that, but um, yeah, whoever the original owner was. But I, I passed. But it would have been nice to add another one. I just, man, I, that, that cover's so sexy. Yeah. <laughs> it just takes me back to, to the days. I mean, I remember when Harbinger One, it, it, it flew off the shelf for, um, back in the day. And I, and I was like Justin. I was in high school uh, when, uh, when those hit. And I remember the, uh, I remember the, the it, it must have been, I think when Harbinger One hit, and it was a hundred bucks, and we were talking to people. It was like, wait a minute, you're telling me this book came out last month or the month before, and they're already selling it for a hundred bucks. I think that's what got everyone's attention with what had really happened to the '90s with uh, with the speculation boom and the the forthcoming implosion. Because I mean, people were buying all the special covers. I remember Silver Surfer number fifty, the the, the silver foil. Uh, edition that I think got everyone's attention. Then I, if I recall, like Ghost Rider, fifteen or sixteen came out with a glow in the dark cover, and it was just every every other issue was trying to outdo itself, and and someone was coming out with the latest and, and greatest uh, gimmick, and and then I mean just Harbinger one selling on, on its own for a hundred bucks, Solar ten the the black cover that was selling for a hundred bucks. Uh, and there were so many other uh, series, or, or I want to say it was like the first five or six issues of Harbinger, uh, Solar, uh, Ten was a big one, uh, Eternal Warrior Four, uh, that had that had some heat. It just those were the days when it wasn't just hey I'm going to buy a um, I'm going to buy the first appearance of Carnage off the shelf and, and turn around and sell it for five bucks or or make a quick profit. There were people coming in. We were actually working Wall Street buying comics uh, because it was a better investment than uh, at, at the time it was a better investment uh, uh, than uh, than stocks. But uh, wow, where where did I get myself with this conversation? <laughs> <laughs> well, talking about, talking about those gimmick covers, you know, there was the uh, Incredible Hulk three sixty seven. Is that what it was? Where it was the green foil? Oh. Oh, uh, that mm, that might have been after, yeah, that might have been after the Banner Hulk merge. Yeah, I, uh, I can't remember, but talking about the gimmick covers, you know, what foil yeah. cover, what glow in the dark, um, yeah, like, you know, Darkhawk with the silver metal cover, and yeah, man, Deathlock and all those. Guardians twenty five, yeah, we had Galactus on the cover. It was a yeah. beautiful cover back then. Back then, I had a hold slot at my local comic shop that the owner came up to me. I hadn't even bought the comic, and he said, I'll give you five bucks for it if you don't buy it. He, what? He, he, wanted to take, he wanted to give me five bucks to pull it out of my slot so he could turn around and make a bigger profit on it. I think he was going to turn around and sell it for 10 or 20 bucks. I, that, that's how crazy it was back then. And I remember Silver Surfer number 50. That went to three printings. And man, I, I bought a mess of them off of like the newsstand and the, at the shop. Uh, I was at a show 
it was a week before they released them, and there was a guy selling them at the show before it hit the newsstand. I'm like, how are you able to do that? He was selling for five bucks, and people, it turned around. I think as high as those went back in the heyday, people were, were dropping 40, 50 bucks on those. I mean, it was outrageous. Wow. Yeah, that's, and I, I think I probably have 10 copies sitting in my collection. You know, just the, it was a gorgeous cover and I mean, Ron Lim artwork. Boy, we're, we're really going Marvel, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> it's all about collecting, so it doesn't matter. Shoot. But th- there wasn't uh, there there wasn't an exception to any company that was not doing like Valiant at the time was doing the the coupons for Harbinger. If you uh, clipped out the coupons for the first six six issues, that uh, turn around. Well, it was six, right? Or was it five? Uh, it was six that had the death yeah. of Torque on the cover where he didn't have any shoes. I think that was the last one that had the coupon. Okay. Yeah. It, and people were sending those away for a, what? Was it a uh, Harbinger Zero? Yeah. Mm-hmm. A pink version. There was yeah. also a, a white version that came in the trades, but um, yeah. I mean, everyone has a gimmick, and I sadly kind of feel that we're repeating that. A lot of uh, a lot of publishers are no longer just doing the, uh, the the standard cover, the A cover. Now we have a, a variant and. Uh, Valiant likes their variants, but it, it feels like the uh, special covers are, are coming back. You know, EXO had the uh, this the, the metal cover. Um, well, we had the coupons on Harbinger Renegade. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Just uh, hopefully everyone uh, set them in. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I mean, DC did it with uh, with Harley Quinn. They had their black bag. Editions uh, with some uh, some uh, original sketches put inside. Well, and then also I, for XO50, same thing. Polybagged yeah. with sketches slash microprints. Yeah, and it wasn't just 50, right? So they did 49, 48, 47 as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you got to do what sells, but then you don't want to be a sellout. <laughs> <laughs> but wasn't, wasn't it kind of, you can... Well, like you know, forty, a hundred bucks back in the nineties were a lot, but you know we didn't have the internet back then, so trying to get a get access to those books had to be it was harder. It was a lot harder. I mean, you were totally dependent on your local comic shop or you know trying to pre-order stuff, and those books, a lot of the value books, you know, they were kind of out of the blue, so nobody knew. So you know, you would just normally think like. Okay, this book is coming like Harbinger One is going for 40, 50, 60 bucks, 100 bucks. And I missed out on it. You know, you're kind of like, where am I going to get the book from, right? Is that, that's kind of how I felt back in the day. I was always playing catch up. You know, <laughs> like always trying to catch up. So you felt like I needed to pay that much money for the book. Exactly. It's the fear that, that you're not going to find it any cheaper. Or you're not going to find it again, so you might as well jump. And I think that's you know, probably what uh, what fuels a lot of the um, a lot of the speculation and a lot of the uh, the frenzy of buying with the uh, Valiant, uh, like the one hundred and fifty covers. But uh, but I digress. <laughs> yeah, you, we know you. You're kind of mad about the one hundred and fifties. <laughs> <laughs> But back then, like, you just didn't know. You, you really didn't know what you were kind of getting into. Um, 
I know at the time it was just you we were always kind of playing catch up. Like I remember Vengeance of Bane, like the Batman book. <laughs> it was like, you know, when when the whole nightfall came and then you try to find out about this this Bane character and they're like, Oh, we got this book over here that everybody yeah. missed out on. Yeah. And and you're trying to pay thirty bucks for that, that book. So um Yeah. I, you yeah. know, that's funny. You're you're exactly right, Juan. Uh, I, I remember when uh, Batman broke when Bane broke Batman's back and was like, who's this Bane guy? Oh, yeah. He had his own little series. that He, he first appeared in uh, Avengers of Bane number one that came out last year that no one bought. But hey, here we have some. 20 bucks and it's yours. And then years later after uh, after the whole doc, or the uh, uh, the comic book uh, implosion of the 90s, you could find those in dollar box. As a matter of fact, I think I have three three copies of the Vengeance of Bane, and I just picked up because hey, it's first appearance of Bane. It's it's cyclical. It's going to come around. I saw first appearance of Bane that that Vengeance of Bane today uh-huh. for seventy bucks. Woo! <laughs> wow. Yeah. So it's cyclical. Things are coming. They'll come around. They'll, they'll drop in value. Or they'll come back around again. <laughs> that's that's kind of, you know, we were talking about the with the Harbinger 3 book. Is it, is it, am I right? The 1 in 20? Yeah. I with mean, the it, first appearance of Livewire? Yeah, we've got one on eBay right now with exactly 2 minutes and 58 seconds to go. 8 bids, mm-hmm. and it's 48 bucks. Wow. I've got it pulled up. I'm watching it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Justin has his finger on the trigger. you got to oh, give us a live play-by-play no. play for only 2 minutes. Let's do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It'd be the most boring horse race to ever, you know, <laughs> have any commentary of. It's a fifty dollars, fifty-one, <laughs> going once, going twice. <laughs> so, uh, so that that's kind of what I I kind of wanted to talk about was, um, you know, Justin, you were saying today, there that book may be in dollar bins some places well, because it's five years old. It's five years old, you know. A, a lot of shops they can't keep up with everything, and so uh, they're if it didn't sell right away, you know, first month or two on the shelf, they put it in a bag and board, put it in a box, and then as they run out of room, they start moving stuff into dollar bins. You know, and they're looking at it, they're like Valiant Harbinger number three. It's not a number one. All right, you know, let's put it in here. They don't know what's inside. They don't realize it's the first appearance of Livewire. So all you got to do is just a little hunt, and you're gonna find those. I need to find one. I need to find one. How many do you have, Jim? Just one. Ooh. Just one. I, I, uh, I typically don't get multiples when it comes to the like the one in tens, one in twenties, one in fifties, unless there's a, 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 unless I find it on the uh, on the rack at a you know at a local comic shop. If, if it's if it's on a rack for a cover price. I'll jump on it, but I typically don't buy multiples um, to, to that level. Yeah. So what, what's driving the book? Is it just the live wire? Like everybody's anticipating live wire is going to have a, a big impact going forward. I think so. I mean, with Secret Weapons being uh, a live wire centric book, plus uh, Ninjak versus the Valiant U coming out this year sometime. That's right. So, I mean, you've got a female character 
that is not just a Caucasian cookie cutter character that yeah. is a very powerful um, character within the universe, which you just don't see. So there's so yeah. many things working for this character, but I don't know. Let's find out. We're at the last 17 seconds on this book. Let's see what it closes at. It's at 48 currently, and I think it'll probably hit about 60. But I could be wrong. Are you actively participating in the bidding? Oh, God, no. I don't need another copy. <laughs> Especially <laughs> for us. Well, you sound like you're a Saudi prince. <laughs> I, don't need, I don't need another stallion. <laughs> I have four thoroughbreds. <laughs> well, it sold for 52 bucks with nine bids. So well, A one in 20. Yeah. Wow. Well, then one another one was listed today. And it's, you know, got six days left on it. And it's at 30. Okay, it's got five days, 17 hours. It's at 31 bucks with six bids. Um, let's just make sure that I don't have any more that I'm watching in here. And I know. Yeah, so. There's at least one more. I know wow. Sonic Dan posts one quite often that wasn't selling. And I'm pretty sure it probably has sold by now. He was asking twenty nine or thirty nine bucks for it. So, hmm. well, you know, you told me about the book a few weeks ago, and I went to a, a local shop in town, and they had the A cover for a few dollars. I picked that up, but uh, no one in twenties. So, catching up again—that's the theme of the show. Catching uh. up. <laughs> well, so okay, so. Let's talk about what do you guys think about trying to catch things on the front end. So isn't the um, is it the Harbinger Five Renegade Five book coming out, and they have like a one in twenty line wide? Yeah, a one in one twenty line wide with gold foil on it. Yeah, it's a nice cover, man. I, I know Martin was talking about it. It's a nice cover, but what I wanted to talk about is um, since I came back to Valiant, and I think. In 2015, they had a one, a line wide 100 or 1 in 20 Dr. Mirage book that was going pretty high at first. And then I forgot what book came out last year that was like a 1 in 20 line wide. So what do you guys think about, you know, the, the high price of getting it earlier? Does it does it really pan out over time that that's a, a, a true price for the book? I, w I wish I would have had about 10 more Harbinger 8 Lemire line-wides. Mm -hmm. You know, and then also last year it was what? Bloodshot 10 had a 100 or 1 and 120 line-wide that Lemire had done the ballpoint digital cover on again. Mm -hmm. That so. was Bloodshot 14, I think. Was it 14? Or 13? Bloodshot, uh, let's see. The only, yeah, I'm sure, I, yeah, it was a Bloodshot Reborn. Uh, 14 was a was a 120, and that's where where we had also the Incentive Island Vacation promo package. That that thing went. We had one, two, so that was the first death mate. We had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine covers for the, for that one, including a second print and the. Uh, uh, Ninjak versus Valiant Universe, uh, those two variants that went at the New York Comic Con. 
that's yeah. the only 120 that, that, I was, that I'm tracking. But, Duana, I think you're right. I, I swear there was another 120. But for some reason in my inventory, I I don't have it. Hmm. All right, just, I see the quick look. I think I think there, I know that the Doctor Mirage one was there because they had the old '50s kind of spooky cover. And then you're right, the Bloodshot Reborn one, and then the Harbinger one. Yeah. Now the Harbinger one has retained its value big time. It's it's more than probably what it was solicited for initially. Which Harbinger was that? Harbinger eight. Harbinger eight. Mhm. Uh, was that the, the cover C? No, it was. I, I can't remember if it was cover C or D, but it was the one twenty by uh, Jeff Lemire. Yeah, the ballpoint pen one that was like on white notebook paper. Ooh. Um, I'm gonna have to check that out because. Okay, so according to the database, Harbinger eight one and one twenty five line wide. That's the only one in one twenty five, and then there's a one in one twenty line wide that was uh, the forthcoming Harbinger Renegades number five, because you can filter it in the search under ratio. Oh, you guys are smart. And so there's a one in 100 line wide. Which one was that, Justin? Um, I'm sorry? Oh, what, what was that last line wide that you mentioned? The last line wide that I mentioned is Harbinger Renegade 5 that comes out in July. Oh, Renegade 5. Okay. And then we've had two one in 100 line wide variants. One of them was Do- uh, Dr. Mirage Second Lives. Number one, it looked like an EC Comics horror cover. And then uh, the only other one in 100 was Bloodshot Reborn number 10. And that was a Jeff Lemire ballpoint pen cover again. But so do you think they hold their values? I know we said the Harbinger 8 one. You know, obviously, that that's kind of a book that it, a lot of people are try, trying to get or get more of. Right. But the Dr. Mirage book, I know you can still get that one out there at a few shops, like oh, online. I grabbed one for like 10 bucks uh, yeah. last year. I knew mm-hmm. what it was. They had it priced at a, a little shop that it's called Second and Charles here in Colorado. And yeah, I picked it up for nothing. So Yeah, it's still out there. And then... You can still even get the Bloodshot Reborn book, the yeah. Lemire cover, because everybody was thinking it was going to be the next Harbinger Eight, and they probably, you know, they think they bought more. So that that was my whole point with this on this Harbinger Renegade Five. I know this is like a huge book, but I, what is DCBS wants? What is it like a hundred and Jim? You probably know. You guys know this more. It was like a hundred over a hundred bucks for this that book, right? For which one do I? The the Harbinger Renegade five, one in twenty is it one in twenty one twenty one in twenty line line variant that's coming out the solicitation on DCBS. Yeah, let me let me check because I think I think you're right. Let's see. I know you like you always send us a 
a chat message about how crazy the one in fifty prices are. Oh yeah. Every month. Like you about the yes. Yeah, they're asking one fifty. One fifty. So, so there's one twenty gold foil line wide. This is Harbinger Renegade number five. Uh, cover F. You're asking $150 for it. Uh, wow. Yeah, that's um, my. I, I'm I'm not going to order uh, this copy through DCBS. Um, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna look elsewhere. I'm gonna look at look forward to through various other avenues. I, I think that I, I don't know what DCBS is doing, but. I'm uh, not too happy with uh, how they're pricing out their, their 50 variants and uh, and and higher. Well, that's that was my whole reason for posing the question because I think I got caught last year, maybe on that Bloodshot Reborn cover, and I paid a lot of money for it. And like like you said, Justin, you after about a three weeks or four weeks to a month, you can get the book. For a whole lot less than what, what what I paid for it from DCBS, and the prices are only going up on DCBS. I mean, we had to, to talk yeah. about the Ninja covers. I mean, they were what sixty bucks, fifty, sixty bucks coming out the, the gate. Now those ended up being good buys um, because the secondary market, those books are going over a hundred bucks easy. Yeah, um, but these line wide variants, I mean, it's like we're we're, we're chasing this Harbinger eight kind of what about how do I want to say it we, we're thinking all these big line wide ratio variants or chase variants are going to be like Carpenter 8 and they just haven't really panned out that way well I mean Shadow Man 5 has a 1 in 125 variant that mm-hmm. the covers by uh, Raphael Grampa mm-hmm. and it's awesome and the value of it's about 150 bucks and none of them pop up on eBay anymore. So, I mean, it's a really tough book to get. And it came out in March of 2013. And it, you know, it's a 1 in 125 variant that Valiant had done. Not a line-wide either. And it it's tough to find. I'd love to have an, think- another copy of it. But, you know, I'm not going to pay 150 bucks for that one book. So do you think that's just because it was early on and it wasn't a line wide variant? Like that was early on in Valiant, like the Harbinger Eight, the Shadow Man book. That those were, you know, where people were still getting reintroduced to Valiant. So I mean, to have a one and one hundred variant, then that those books have to be the print runs have to be. I'm assuming are really low. Yeah, I mean. I uh, about 108 copies of that book are out there. That's crazy. That's crazy small. <laughs> but, but you know, the, the way they're marketing all these new books, like this Harbinger Renegade 5, there's there's going to be way more than 108 of these. Yeah, of and, I, and I think some shops are going to see that, and they're going to go ahead and do a, you know, a small exclusive to where they can get four copies of that book. Now, if they can sell four copies of that book at a hundred bucks or 125, they're close to breaking even on that exclusive. Yeah. They use us, man. They use people like <laughs> us. 
to break even or make money because we want a damn book. <coughs> right. Well, we don't want to get caught without it. Yeah. It's like, damn. It's like the, the you know, the, the girl you dated in college, she ends up being a supermodel. She used to sit next to you in class. You're like, damn it. Not Kansas. Went out with her when she wanted to go. Damn it. Kansas, there you go. No, there was nothing like that there. <laughs> yes, there was. You just don't want to admit it because we're recording. I went to a nag school, man. There, no. <laughs> you know, it's like bad schools are like bad, bad camp, right? I have some hidden gems in there, man. <laughs> I got a story about that too. I'll tell you later. Well, but, I wanted um, to I wanted to talk about uh, a couple of books that have popped up on eBay recently that went for awesome prices and super quick. Okay. So we had a Bloodshot Platinum recently come up on eBay and sell for four, uh, well 1400 is it was a nine four or a nine six gotcha. uh, and a uh, friend of the show steven sold that and then also uh an xo 15 kotaki error with the quantum and woody insert instead of the xo 15 interior pages so it, it was like a, a quantum and woody one with the xo 15 1 and 50 wrap put on it mm. it was a nine four and it sold for a grand in less than a day without blinking yeah and right now there is a bloodshot zero platinum for 3600 on ebay and there is a kotaki error 9.8 for 3200 on ebay Ooh, Ooh. i think those are priced a little too high right now well um, i mean the bloodshot zero platinum that sold on comic link sold for what 2500 and it doesn't have as many views as people that look on ebay for comics yeah i think if they want to price it to move uh, they're gonna have to look between 2500 and 83 grand uh, those prices seem a little steep yeah both of them are high yeah. But it's interesting to see the amount of people that are watching them on eBay. <laughs> yes. I think Valiant's caught, a, caught a, an eye with a lot of people. I mean, not just the Valiant fans or like us. I, I think that people were looking at, uh, well, look at the, the Ninjack, the, the one in 50s, uh, like 24, 25, 26. Uh, those disappeared before they even hit the stands uh, and people were turning around and flipping those for 150, 175 bucks. Uh, and th those aren't just Valiant fans that are watching this stuff. It's, it's catching attention. They, they realize how, how much uh, we're just rabid fans. Well, and, and that's uh, a drop okay. of money. Go ahead. So is that, Oh, I'm sorry. Is, so, Jim, is that like what you were saying about the old VHI books um, where you had like stockbrokers buying buying those books because they were saying they were sound investments? So, like, you have people coming. So you're saying people are coming from the outside saying, you know, I may not read Valiant books, but shoot, it's some of these variants. If I can get them early, I can flip them and, and double my money or more. Yeah, I it to me, it feels like the 90s are back. I, there's there are certain issues 
that you, you can call it. You, you can you can look at it and say, all right, this uh, this variant that's coming out, I know I'm going to be able to flip it and make 20 bucks. Or I, I know if I if I get this, well, take for example Savage One. Uh, we had Dinesh come on various uh, forums and say, hey guys, just want to give you a friendly heads up. Uh, this is probably one of our most underordered books, uh, which means that the, the one in fifties are going to be ultra rare. That created a frenzy. So people knowing we had a couple weeks out, people were doing all their all the legwork trying to find uh, shops that maybe weren't in the in the know on it, just hoping to get a good deal. I mean, I I would say that uh, <laughs> people who were able to buy them. At what the at the at what that one in fifty cost was back then versus how much they sold it on on eBay, they were probably making ten times the oh maybe even uh, <laughs> they were making anywhere between ten to thirty times profit how much they spent on, on it and that to me it's that's that's better than buying a stock. That's quick money. If you're in the know and you know how, if you've seen the trends in the industry, you can pick you can pick comics like you can pick stocks, and there are people out there dropping the money for it. So, um, take it for what it is. There's uh, uh, there are those flippers out there. Yeah. I mean, look, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, looking at the census right now. So March 22nd was when EXO number one came out. There are 21 currently graded as of the 16th of this month. Um, today's the 21st. So as of last Tuesday, there's 21 graded copies. There's 15 in a nine, eight, four in a nine, six, two in a nine, four. And there's one signature series graded at a nine, eight. So we've got, 22 copies we have 15 percent of the print run of that book already graded wow the numbers man jeez and that's what, what book is that x01 the metal cover oh just the metal yeah uh, well we talked about that the last issue that's pretty much where people are kind of boxed in now and that's they're thinking that may be the only way they can make money off the book if they're trying to flip it right but just, it, it's flabbergasting that one book has 15 percent of the print run already slabbed yeah and it's not even been two full months tomorrow it'll be two full months the 22nd yeah. so it's you such think a that... delicate book yeah i i would say eventually upwards of 75 percent are going to be uh, graded it's just such too delicate of a book not to have graded yeah no, I think you're right. I think in two more months we'll see it hit about forty to fifty percent will be graded, and yeah. you know by the end of the year, you're right. I bet we see we, like seventy five percent of those books are graded. I bet we're at one, you know, one twenty five, one fifty, easy. Absolutely, seventy five percent. So is it just to preserve the book because everybody thinks it's so valuable they don't they want to protect it and get it. Graded, it's or a thirty-eight dollar it... investment to slab a five to a fifteen hundred dollar book, five hundred to a fifteen hundred dollar book, depending on the grade. Yeah, you know, can you imagine 
one of these and a nine nine or a ten. I know you're hopeful to one on yours. I haven't got the books uh, for money yet. But imagine if you got a nine nine. Yeah. That'd be tough to get, but Yeah. To your point, nine nine. Yeah, that'd be a super rare jewel. I feel like mine's a nine nine. There you go. There you go. Yours a ten. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta get you mine to, to send in, brother. Hey, anytime. If we can work around your schedule this week or next week, I'm waiting on uh, one more of the XO number ones to come in. It's a UK exclusive, okay. and then I'll have five of every one of them, and then I then we can get I can get those in your hand, and same to you, Dewan. I've got I might have like two boxes to send you, so. <laughs> Yes, just let send me an invoice, damn it. <laughs> and I'm gonna send you back. Uh, uh, I have the Spider-Man 300 I bought back in the day. Amazing Spider-Man 300. Yeah, we'll see. If, yeah, see if we can get that pressed and um, slabbed and see what it see what it comes back. I'm not. I don't know if it's going to be anywhere like a nine eight or nine six because I think the pages are turning yellow a little bit, but it's worth a shot. Yeah, did you get it on the newsstand or did you get it from a comic shop? I got it actually at a show. Like that was my holy grail when I first started. I wanted that book. Nice. <laughs> I think I paid thirty bucks for it at a little hotel comics, you know, convention or whatever they had, and. It was pretty good. I don't know if it does it matter if it's like a newsstand or not. Um, to to quite a few people, yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm learning. I don't know. Um, I'm downstairs now, so I'll look at it and see. I'll pull out my uh, crates and see what it's see well, what we have here. There's a nine six number three hundred that's a newsstand that's selling for five twenty on eBay right now. And then a Don't nine... tell my wife. <laughs> it's one way to get out of the doghouse, my man. Temporarily, right? <laughs> so you said it's selling for five hundred? Yeah, I mean let me just sort these by price. You know, a nine eight is crazy. You think I could flip my saber tooth number one for five hundred dollars? Is that Iron Fist fourteen? Iron Fist fourteen. <laughs> yeah, I've got two of those. Nice, Stacy. I think I've got a nine zero and a and a floppy. Uh, I don't think this is a new stand. It doesn't have a barcode on it. I'll yeah, so it's got the, the Spider-Man head in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's those are still selling good. I mean, a lot of, and I don't collect it, you know. So Jim would probably be better to tell you, but you know, a lot of people from that era want the new stand and a direct market version. So yeah, that's Jim, you cheated on us, man. How'd I cheat? What? You did the Ultimate Marvel podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that was fun. Uh, Jack reached out to me because he knows I, I'm a, you know, a big Guardians fan, and and uh, or he saw me mention. Uh, we have talked here on this podcast how, uh, how much I love Star Wars. Um, yeah, he reached out to me, and 
uh, it, it was hard to, to sit in on it. Uh, and it was a good discussion, just theorizing and, and giving our, our opinion on uh, what we thought. I mean, for any movie-going fan or any comic book fan, it was it, it's hard not to not to like uh, the Guardians uh, franchise. Love it. Love it. It was good too. It was a good show. Really good show. Mary Poppins, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so we also saw what's those those uh, EXO covers that that they were giving out at C two E two at the uh, at the bar. Was it? There was one listed for two hundred dollars. Two ninety nine. Yeah, it's got fifteen two, days left. There's three people watching it, um, and then I think one sold. Um, what extra cover is that? It's the, the B cover. Yeah. What is it? The the flat that they the one I sent you. Oh, and Dawn, thank you so much. Uh, it. Man, I owe you a, a case of beer. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, man. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I, so they're selling a flat for how much? There's $2.99. $2.99 is what it's listed at. It's a 30-day auction, and it's halfway through. There's 15 days and an hour to go. So. Yeah. That's too much. That's too much. Yeah. I mean, I hope the person gets it. You know, I don't want to ever, you know, poo-poo somebody who's selling it. They can get that money for it, do it. But I would, it's, I couldn't pay that much for that. No. I mean, it's, it's nice, nice, but wow, that's outrageous. Two ninety-nine. I mean, how are they basing that? That that's my thing. Are they just throwing it out there to um, see what the market will yeah. will, uh, will sustain? That's. I mean, yeah, I, I can say that my uh, my Amazing Spider-Man 300 is worth $500. Well, maybe to me, but it's only worth that much if that's what someone's going to pay you for it. Mm, yeah. Yep. And that, and that flat is what? I, what do you guys think? I think the flat's worth... I can see if you had... If, if you got the A and the B cover flat and tried to sell it for 300 I still think it's too high for the pair... You know, maybe seventy-five a piece, a hundred a piece. Well, some if you of had the set. Some of the original EXO number one from twenty twelve, there were about ten to fifteen make readies available. Those are they're stapled. No, they're not even stapled. They're just the folded comics, and none of the edges have been trimmed. And I know mm-hmm. one of those sold for five hundred. I don't know, two years ago. But it's 2012. I mean, this is 2017 where, you know, people are starting to look for these these type of things. Well, there was a couple of the chromium covers for Armor Hunters that were given away at the retailer breakfast. Mm-hmm. And they were signed by Rob Venditti. And it was six of them. It was one big uncut. So it had one of every one of them except for EXO. There were 226s on it. And... Those, when they first came out, were going for 500 but that was six covers, all attached, and chromium. So, oh. I mean, I think these are a little high, and, oh. you know, and there are two auctions currently. There's one for 249 that ends in three days, and there's one for 299 that ends in 15 days. 
I think if they were to cut their price in half on something they were given for free, they would probably mm-hmm. sell right away. Yep. I agree. I know some people where that day were selling them for way less than that. You know, when we were there. Yeah. It, it just, um, yeah. I mean, think about it. I mean, you give the people who, who are there getting them for you, you throw them a couple of dollars for the, to be there, they pick it up for you. And what the fair value of the cover is, I mean, you're under a hundred bucks. I mean, to me, to me, I just, but like that chromium cover you were talking about, I've got two of those and I got them for 20, 30 bucks. Yeah. Like within the last two months, you know, because somebody had them in their shop just, and they were moving their shop and they were just sitting in the basement. It's like they were trying to get rid of them. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, um, I don't know. Well, what do you guys think about Rapture? It comes out Wednesday. Is there any spec value uh, on that? Uh, Rapture is awesome. <laughs> I think it's awesome. Uh, I, I'd pick it up. Uh, are you specking like the, the, the ratio variance? Like what? What they would go for? Yeah, I mean, I'm pulling it up right now. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head. Didn't you guys say they're already sold out in a few places? Well, it comes out this coming Wednesday. There is the 1A, the photo variant. There are two different photo variants. There is a 1B a 1 in 10, a 1 in 20, and a 1 in 50, which is just the black and white sketch of the 1A cover. So they're doing the same thing they did with some of their other books. Yeah. Just doing the sketch variant. Sav- like Savage. Savage. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. They're just repeating the formula. Okay. Uh, I'd, I'd bite on it. For oh, some yeah. Reason, I don't think I don't say Rapture is going to be a slept-on book because if you look at the preview art, I, it just I fell in love with it just there. But I don't know. I, I haven't picked up on a lot of buzz on it, um, like the XO hype he had. So I would think this is definitely, in my opinion, like if you're chasing variants, get it. Well, I mean, so we've had a lot of chase books for some of the summer events, like 4001 had, you know, um, all of those different chase books, you know, it had the one in 100, which was a black and white cover. Um, and it was a black and white by Clayton crane of his, you know, color work. And now you can pick those up for a lot less than cover. And then if you go back to the book of death, we have the same thing. We had that mega, or not the mega cover. Um, it was I'm pulling it up right now. Book of Death. They put a lot of Book of Deaths out there. I mean, none of those books are really hard to get. No, but you know they did have a, a Chase variant. I mean, there were a lot of retailer exclusives. Mm-hmm. And then there was the f- four connecting covers. But you know they had a one in sixty. 
for number one. Um, the Paula Rivera cover that was green and it had Tama on it. And you just see uh, Gilad's right arm. And you could, you can pick those up for like 18 to 20 bucks right now on eBay, if that. That's just like we were talking about. You know, which one of these, some of those Liwai variants are, they're not going to hold their value. They're just not. They pumped that Book of Death up. And weren't, weren't those books returnable also? I'm pretty I think sure Book of Death was were returnable. They they were. My my uh, LCS told me. He said that's the only reason why he picked up so many because they were returnable. Yeah. In that case, you know those those chase variants are they're going to be plenty out there. Um, to where you know I don't think they're going to hold their value. But Rapture, I don't. It, it's not in that same. It's not in that same ballpark. But it's their summer. Know, maybe, it's their summer event. Are they promoting it like it's a summer event? They're not promoting it like Book of Death. No. So it, that's my thing. They put. It seems like they they shot their wad on EXO. They put all their their money and their their effort into EXO. Um, to where I think Rapture is secondary. That leading to my point get those variants i mean if you can get them get them i'm not promising that they're going to be worth them a lot but i would think the stars are aligning for it because everybody was looking at exo i mean rapture's creeping and i think rapture is going to be a great book am i like the only one um you guys think the same thing oh god yeah, yeah. i you're right i i would agree yeah i, I think uh, I think the sales uh, speak for it. I mean, look at XO1, the, the one in 50s. There was a flood of those. When, when, when that issue first dropped, the one in 50 variants, people were trying to, trying to sell on eBay 40, 50 bucks. And as more started dropping on eBay, the price got cheaper and cheaper. And I think the last I checked, you, there were people selling and trying to sell a one in 50 for 899 and couldn't sell it. So there, what? Were, there were just too many of those one in fifties. There were 2000 of them. Yeah. And that, but with rapture and I think I, I would, I would agree with Dewan that it's not going to be as big of a seller because it wasn't as promoted. And maybe some people don't uh, relate to, uh, uh, to Shadow Man or Ninjak as much as maybe uh, the EXO because it is the space uh, uh, Conan. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, I mean, personally, uh, Shadow Man is my favorite character. He's my favorite Valiant character. And I'm super excited. And for him pairing with Ninjak, we haven't seen Shadow Man in well over, I don't know what's it been, guys, a year and a half, maybe two years since we've seen Shadow Man. Yeah. Um, I, I'm ready. And I think that this is going to be getting the one in 50 variant. It's going to be a lot tougher uh, to get compared to, uh, uh, especially uh, EXO. Uh, I'm not sure if, if the sales will equate to like what we see with Britannia or, uh, or Savage, but um, it could very well be one of those sleepers where uh, only a, a few people are going to order uh, those numbers. That's such high numbers to, to get a one in 50, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I haven't seen 
or heard of any uh, uh, variants, like store variants coming uh, to help with those sales. Uh, maybe maybe Comics Paradise, perhaps? I'm not no, sure. I'll keep an eye out. But... No, I think they're doing a print. I don't think they're doing a... I don't think they are doing an exclusive for this one or Secret Weapons. Oh, wow. Okay. So that means that the, the 1 in 50 is really going to be tough to not tough but it's going to be harder to get yeah like like jim said you know he his favorite character is shadow man you can hear that across all collectors you know whether it's um the forums online or facebook or slack you know there's so many valiant groups on facebook too and uh if you just troll them and just see it people want shadow man they've been asking for him to come back for a long time this is going to be their first taste and i really think this is going to be a surprise um i think it's going to do very well i think we're going to look at like twenty-five thousand copies for number one without exclusives from stores i think people have been so rabid and hungry for a shadow man book mm-hmm. that they're finally getting it so is that like a hint like get this book well i mean if let's just let's just be conservative let's say seventeen thousand five hundred that's four that's three hundred and fifty copies of the one in fifty that's not xo number but that is a lot higher than all of the ninjack books that have come out the last six months that's higher than the faith variants that is higher than the Britannia that's higher than the savage. I mean, that's even higher than divinity three, like number three and number four. So do you really think it's going to sell 17,000? I mean, because Ninjak is coming off of what issue 26 and then we're moving into well, 27 comes out this week. 27. Okay, and then you were moving into Rapture. Or it came out last week. Yeah, it came out last week. So then we're going into Rapture. So two weeks in a row with a Ninjak book. But last so month wasn't it... written by Kent. Yeah, so do you think it's going to go 17,000? I think the, the allure of having Shadow Man in a series again, not just, you know, the dead side in Ninjak, I think the fans want it and they're actually going to give them a little taste and see what it does. And I bet the turnout is better than they think. Okay. That, that makes sense. I follow your logic on it. I, I say this though, on, as a counter, um, they're not promoting it as a shadow man book. Well, they weren't promoting Britannia either. And that had a, mm. I'm pulling up right now, the numbers for Britannia one. Um, I'm sorry, Britannia. We who are about to die. Number one, Mm-hmm. And the print run on that's over ten grand, and that's just Britannia. That doesn't have Shadow Man that hasn't been in the universe for a while. Yeah, but do you think that that ten grand was based off the hype of Britannia, the the first one? Britannia, kind of like first Divinity one, Two. Britannia, the first one, did twice this much for a number one. Mm, I see what you're saying. That makes sense. Yeah. I, don't know. I I mean you got you you're bringing up a great point. If they promoted it more of a Shadow Man book, I could see it really having that push. Like you said, people want Shadow Man. Like Jim, you said that's your favorite Valiant character. Um, when I look at the book, I see it as a Geomancer 
like a combination book. Like Geomancer, Shadow Man, Ninjack, Dead Side. Well, Just to, my to initial me, it response feels to... kind of like the Valiant. So you had yeah. the Geomancer, and then you had two protagonists in it. Mm-hmm. This book, you've got a Geomancer with two protagonists. So, I mean, it could be this, the next Valiant. And the Valiant still stands up. Granted, it's only been three years. It's going to stand up for a long time because it's just well written. Mm-hmm. But we'll see how this one does. Yeah. But I think we all agree, right, that it, this is probably going to be a book that's going to do better after its release that people are going to come back and try to catch up and try to get some of the variants and some of the other covers for the book. Is is that what I'm picking up? What do you think, Jim? Uh, I I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I hope that there's always uh, uh, new people that discover Valiant and uh, see the the quality of the stories, the artwork, uh, the care that it's put in. I mean, that's why Valiant puts out 10 titles a month. Well, at least the, I think they strive to put out 10 titles a month because they don't try to flood. Uh, they, they certainly have the, uh, the universe or the array of characters where they could put out uh, multiple titles, but like DC or Marvel, they'll throw 50-some-odd titles out there to see what sticks. But I think there's a, a level of quality that drops. Uh, I think maybe Marvel's learning learning their lesson and trying to turn around. But that's I think that's the one thing that Valiant has been so consistent on, not only delivering their books on time. They, they've never had a late book. I mean, ever since their, their relaunch, 2012, I, I think that I, – I, I guess my hope is that there will always be people discovering Valiant, whether through trade format, digital – uh, through floppies, and like us, you know, where we had uh, the love of, of Valiant back in the 90s uh, with the with the first iteration, but then, you know, collectors and and comic lovers of, of all that, you know, step away from from Marvel or DC or Image to see what else is out there, and they discover what such a rich universe Valiant offers. And maybe that completionist bug that they have with some of the other uh, uh, companies or vendors will 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 tack on, and and uh, uh, they'll they'll get it with Valiant like like it has with us. Um, the, but becoming a completionist now is going to be uh, that much tougher because like like uh, Justin mentioned earlier, how he would love to have some more of those Shadow Man number fives. You know that was the one in twenty, and that was back. Uh, was that four, four years ago? Yeah, just a hair over four years ago, March of 2013. Yeah, so um, the the odds of finding those, it's so rare because, like us, we get it and it disappears into our collection forever. And unless uh, unless there there's some some people that are just wanting to unload and or turn around and make some good money, and, and uh, there are that segment of people who have walked away from the newsstands and I'm not going to buy floppies anymore. I'm just going to stick with trade for hardcovers, which that, that's fine. I, I think, uh, uh, different levels of maturity you know, as a collector or reader, uh, you'll get that. But man, I mean, some of these tough books, I mean, look at Savage one that, 
at 150, I, I don't know if it's ever dipped below 250. I mean, you're gonna make money. So for Rapture one, if it's, I don't know. I, I guess uh, as a collector, um, I, I hope it's gonna gonna get there. Um, as a, a speculator. I don't know. We'll just sit, sit back and I don't know. I, I just want to sit back and see what the market, uh, how the market handles. Well, let the market take it. to give you some perspective right here, April 2nd, Savage number one sold ungraded for $152 and 50 cents. Damn. And again, that, that's April 2nd. There were 12 bids and only four bidders. So there were four people after that particular book for 152 bucks. Wow. And that's 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 way after the book came out. Right. Still, you know, you normally we see, you know, the book comes out, it has a lot of buzz. Like I think the the one Savage Raw number one, one in fifty went. The first book on eBay didn't it go for seven hundred dollars? It was like eight eighty. Like eight eighty. Yeah, 880, because those are probably the people who had the fear of missing out and they wanted to get the book. So then after all those people get satisfied, then the prices kind of drop or you kind of figure out if the inventory is low. So you're saying just in that in April, it's still going for 150 some odd dollars. So the demand is still out there for the book. That's amazing. Yeah. For a valiant book, for a valiant book. That's amazing. Absolutely. I mean, it doesn't hold its value like Divinity Number One, One in Forty, the Louis yeah. Larosa cover. There's mm. one that just sold on eBay for six hundred and forty nine dollars, graded as a nine eight today. Damn. Damn. You're like our comic book stock trader. You know, like all the <laughs> <laughs> the current market price. Dude, how many links do I send you guys in a week? A week? I might not say anything else, but I'll pop a link in there and let you guys. <laughs> You know, see it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, recently Jim and I both posted that um, there was on Comic Book Invest. Mm-hmm. One, you know, Valiant is in one of the top books there. Let me pull it up. Um, was it, it was the Ninjak 25, 1 in 50, wasn't yeah, it? And yeah. We, you know, and we just talked about that last podcast. And uh, there's very rarely coming up but there's one up for uh 149 that sold there was a graded 96 that sold for 160 bucks just two weeks ago so i mean they are definitely books that people are after but i really think the allure of the darks being on the cover by ben temple smith is the reason plus being a one in 50 it's a sexy cover oh gorgeous art oh definitely gorgeous you know what's kind of frustrating to me is I ordered mine from DCBS and they kind of split my order up in two and I finally got it I think last week. And it's not like perfect condition. I mean it has a few nicks on it and I'm just like, damn it. Is that the twenty five or the twenty six? The twenty five. I don't know if you got your video on us. Yeah, that's the Jenny Friesen cover for yeah, issue yeah, twenty five. Yeah. Because I've got yeah, your twenty-four little... copy, still. I know it's with it's with Uncle Justin. It's fine. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> no, I just haven't sent books out in a while. But um, no, it's, it's, no it's, but no, it's safekeeping. I know it's safe with you. 
Yeah. But um, no, that book. And then, you know, we had a Harbinger 25, 1 in 50 Barry Kitson cover that was graded 9.8 that sold for 365 bucks. We also had a Shadow Man 13, 1 in 50 Shane Davis cover in a 9.8 sell for 515 Damn. And uh, I sent you guys links. That was May 15th. So that was six days ago. So, yeah. So it almost seems like if you can get the early, the earlier, like the first three years of Valiant books, high ratio variants to get them slapped because they're holding their value big time. But what about oh, yeah. the Ninjak 23, 24, 25, and 26? Are we going to have that same thing happen in three years like what we're seeing for these earlier one in fifties. Heck yeah. You know, and this is what I said before, because the Ninjak run was so long and then they Valiant kind of tipped their hand in the sense, if you were paying attention and said, you know, the Kent runs coming to an end, we're going to do a one in 50, right? That's going to be hard to get because people aren't buying that Ninjak book like that, especially when you're going up against all the, you know, all the lead up to to the X O one book, so people were not looking at Ninjak, and then they throw a one in fifty out there. That's going to be a hard book to get, and they're making, you know, we said this before, they're making the shops hold true. You have to order damn near fifty books to get the one in fifty ratio. That's going to be hard to get. Yeah. Period. And and Ben Templesmith did issue twenty three and twenty four, mm-hmm. but he also did Shadow Man thirteen. Mm-hmm. which is a very hard book to get. And he was actually supposed to do four covers for these really? later issues of Ninjak. He and I were talking about that. And he goes, yeah, mm-hmm. this was originally supposed to be four covers that I was doing, but they're ending it at 27. So, Damn. So does he have the original art out there he's willing to sell? It's been bought. A, a gentleman, oh, really? Yeah, in Illinois picked it up. He bought the covers to 23 and 24. So what about the 20? It seems like he had another cover that Valiant didn't use. I think he had oh, two more, saying. but I don't know um, where they're at. Like, if they're mm. completed and he's willing to sell them, or, you know, they had originally talked about doing four covers. He got two done, and then they were like, all right, well, we're good. You know, you never know. But right. he'll be at the Denver Comic Con this year, Jim. And I might uh, have a chance to go, actually. So, um, oh, nice. Might, yeah, might be attending. I, I've been there every year, so I'm, I'm hoping the stars are aligned. Uh, there's an op- opportunity I'll be able to go. Nice. But which uh, I want to ask, Justin, uh, how much did those Temple Smith original art uh, covers go for? I have an if idea, you... and I was... I sent him an email about that too, but I had just missed out. And I think they went for like 300 or 350. So yeah, that's not bad. No, that's not that bad at all. Yeah. And there's a gentleman here in Colorado that has the shadow man, 13 temple Smith cover. And you met him at the barbecue, Jim, Jake. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Wow. He and his wife and the baby came. Yeah. yeah. He's a huge temple Smith fan. And he got the cover for that for about half of what the covers just recently sold for. So. Oh, man. That's fantastic. I'm happy for him. Yeah. Well, that's a steal. Jeez. Yeah. And I found him a copy Oof. of that book for like 25 bucks, and 
I was like, hey, here's this book for like 20 or 25 bucks. It's misspelled. You should pick it up. And he finally pulled the trigger. And now that book's, you know, if it were graded out at a 9.4, it could be two to 300 bucks itself. It could be worth more than he paid for the art. That's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's, for those who are listening that aren't familiar with Ben Templesmith, he's the one that uh, uh, created the uh, uh, 30 Days of Night. Yeah. They, uh, into a film. yeah, and he's the guy that I was bitching about on a couple episodes at C2E2 that, I mean, <laughs> you have to pay for him to do a cover for you big time. Yeah. Yeah, he's not cheap at all. Well, he paints the cover, too. He'll draw it, and then he'll do the watercolor or acrylic paint on it. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it'll take him an hour, hour and a half, and that's time he isn't, you know selling prints and whatnot and so he's in high demand for everything it's just super small niche for valiant but what he has done for valiant people devour he's worth it he's definitely worth it oh yeah and he has the suits he has the suits to prove it too those black suits man his suit you just when i saw him i never met the guy i didn't know what he looked like when i saw his suit i said that's the man about town right there. That yeah. guy knows what he's doing. That he, that suit, it, it, thousand dollar suit. He could have paid two fifty for it, but it's a thousand dollar suit. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> he wears the suits well. Yes, yes he does. Yes he does. Yes he does. Very much so. Very much so. And uh, oh, just circling back, Jim, you you were talking about how Valiant hasn't missed uh, a release deadline ever since what 2012 um yeah i I believe that that record still holds and it's funny you said it because i did a i did a softball game last weekend in one of the sub cities like the suburbs in columbus and every time i go somewhere different I, i look for comic shops near me so i can kind of try to hit all the different comic shops and see what i can come up with so i met the owner of a comic shop called pack rat comics and they're in Hilliard, Ohio. And I was talking to the owner. And the first thing out of his mouth was when I told him I was looking for Valiant books, he said, they've never missed, you know, a shipping deadline ever. And I guess they're uh, Eisner Spirit of Comics Retailer Award. I don't know what year they were. He was mentioning that like one of that's kind of one of the bigger awards for a comic shop. I guess I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe you can tell us more about that, Justin. But he was very impressed with with Valiant Books and how they had never missed, you know, they never had been late on shipping their books out, which is, I, I think it's um, looked over a lot for Valiant, you know, compared to other, other retailers. So that was just my little two cents there. So people are recognizing it. That was uh, that's my whole point. People recognize that you know, Valiant may not be the big big dog in the room, but they they're doing a lot of good things um, oh, yeah. in the in the industry that that get recognized by people. Yeah, I mean, I think you know it it speaks loudly to Valiant always always having at least their cover A books out um, on release date that are solicited. You know, because I think we're still waiting for issue number four of Black Cat versus Spider Man. You know, for 12 years now. Don't quote me. I, I, I could have missed that. It might have come out. I don't know. 
man. I don't even want to talk about Hickman's last issue of Shield. Oh man. I think we've been waiting four years on that one, at least. Yeah. Oh, it was brilliant. I loved it. <laughs> it was late. It's just late. It's just, it's just late. It's just caught up in shipping. It's in the warehouse. It's in the warehouse somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Juan, uh, you mentioned earlier about the, the 9-8s, you know, the, the slabs 9-8s. I think that there's a whole segment of people out there, collectors, possibly completionists, that that's what that's what their currency is in. They they collect nine point eights. They I, I I don't know the joy of, of holding around plastic <laughs> in my little comic in a, in a coffin. Uh, how much joy I get out of that? Um, I I think it's knowing that it's it's professionally graded and it's protected, but I can't pick up that book and, and flip through the pages and read it and enjoy it. I have to have a floppy uh, on hand for that. But I think that there there is a whole segment. I mean, we could talk about, well, there there's so many variants. I don't – maybe that will have to be uh, something we can discuss in, in a later podcast, but how many different valiant communities there are. And out of those valiant communities, and maybe there are people that, that aren't attached uh, to any of those that are valiant completionists. I mean, we can gauge that, heck, there might be 50, 75, 100 uh, valiant collectors out there that get every single issue like we do and every single copy. So uh, there's a lot of competition. And uh, people who are coming on, like uh, one of the comments I was going to make earlier, too, I, I think after the movies drop, and it brings in more readership and more collectors to to the uh, to the valiant to the community. It's going to make it just that more tougher uh, to uh, to be able to to get all these issues. It's going to increase competition, uh, but it might be a good time to uh, to unload some books too. So having that first appearance of uh, of Livewire, you know, could come in handy. Yeah, we're seeing that quite a bit pop up now for good money. I mean. Just to give you a perspective of nine eights, Jim, um, I just totaled up all the nine eights that have been sold, and this is by using the data from CGC only, um, and not sold but slabbed. So there's been nine hundred and sixty four thousand five hundred ninety nine books in the nine eight universal. We are almost at a quarter million comics that have been graded as a CGC 9.8 signature series. There's been 245 restored copies, 7,000 qualified that have a signature on them but were not verified. So there's been 1,220,437 comics graded by CGC in a 9.8. And that's any book or just Valiant? That's any book. That's just mm. very broad spectrum. Mm-hmm. But uh, I when can see you're what talking, Jim's saying. Yeah, talking about Go currency, ahead. people want those books. It adds value to a comic book. You're insured when you trade that, that a dollar is worth a dollar. So a 9.8 is worth a 9.8. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like the Bitcoin of comics, right? You know... Slab comics, yeah, they're they are the Bitcoin of comics. 
Yeah. And I can see that, Jim. I can see what you're saying. Um, you know, as you collect comics or whatever you collect, if you're just a collector, um, you know, there has to be, I don't want to call it a subculture or a subcommunity, but there are, there has to be, and I, I don't have any insight on this, but there has to be a nice segment of the comic community and the Valiant community that just wants slaps. And they want 9.8s, 9.9s, and 10s if they can get them. You know, because that's their niche. That's what they want. They may get floppies, but they like slaps. And I think when I came back to collecting Valiant, I was on the internet, and there was a guy in the military, I think, and I think all he did was collect slaps and sell them and, and, and things like that. So that may be, I, I agree with you, Jim, that may be, and, and, and Justin also, that may be uh, a community. Maybe we need to get somebody on one of our episodes that that's their thing so they can speak more on that. Because I think I know I overlook it a lot, and I don't think they need to be overlooked because I, it probably be, would be interesting for people to hear their side of collecting more so than just floppies you know i well, think that's interesting maybe we can get maybe uh steven right now is in spain but maybe when he mm-hmm. returns and before jim gets his move 100 percent started you know mm-hmm. like before the truck arrives and you're trying to load it up and laptops one of the last things to go maybe we can get together <laughs> in another week or so and see if steven's available and we can kind of get a a slabber's insight to Valiant because he's got over 1,200 slabs. Damn. And just Valiant Damn. related. That's amazing. Yeah, I'm interested in that. I want to know what, yeah, how that works, how he does it financially. And, you know, th- now does he sell them also? Is, or is he just keeping him in his private collection? I think he does a bit of both. I think. He sold the 9.4 Bloodshot Platinum on eBay for 1600 because he picked up the 9.8 through Comic Link. So he got himself a better copy, and then he sold his lesser-grade copy to help offset those costs. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know. Does he have an agent? Do we need to call his agent? <laughs> I can send him a message. <laughs> he and I, we're, we're, we're actually pretty good friends, so... Okay. <laughs> yeah, we need to get him on. I think that's what they said. A couple of people initially said we, there's a few people we need to get on, and we probably should start maybe doing that because that's interesting. I I just want to sit there and listen to slabbers. Is that what they call themselves, slabbers? <laughs> that's a G-rated term, folks. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> You know, and then there's the the people that collect only the signature series. So they'll take their book, get a, somebody to verify it. You know, and there's a gentleman by the name of Scott in Florida that does that. Um, he goes by Doodlebird everywhere. And then also um, Jesse is Depsky, Dirtbag Sailor. He does a lot of slabbed <laughs> books that are signed. I mean, he's got a complete run of Divinity Number 1. The first series, all four issues, every variant as a signature series book. Damn. Yeah. So That's a lot impressive. of a lot of Kent signatures, a lot of Lewis signatures. You know, Brian Reber did the coloring on that, and so uh, yeah, he he has a link around for his uh, his grouping of books on the census and. 
it's impressive. He did a little story with it. He did some coding in HTML. And just the link is super impressive, just the time. And then, you know, he's owned a couple of the covers from that. So. Yeah, he's has a pretty impressive original art collection. Yeah. Legendary. Legendary. Yeah, he's, ah. got a, he's got a man cave, one room that is, you know, probably a 10 by 10 or 10 by 12 room. And every wall is covered with framed original art just from VEI. Mm. So how how is yeah he's the man? <laughs> I need to go visit him. <laughs> how's the how's this new signature series working with Valiant that they're releasing? Is it is it with Secret Weapons or whatnot that they're doing this signature series again? Enlighten us, Jim. Did we lose Jim? I'm looking to see. Oh, I'm back. Sorry. Oh, okay. Um, about the signature series. Um, I, I, I don't know too much information about it. Is this, uh, it's just like VH one. Like the VV, uh, SS. uh... Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I, I agree with, I had the same, comment that that jim does it's i hear about it i don't know how to get it i, I know the tweets say talk to your local comic shop well uh, what they need to do is up their order for july to get 100 copies of secret weapons spread across all the covers and ask for one because just because you do a you know you order 100 copies doesn't mean you're going to get one unless you order it um when they were originally solicited in previews back in the 90s in VH1, you know, it said limited to 5,000, limited to 1,000, limited to 5,500, you know, mm -hmm. and shops could order them. And they were right there. They were 40 bucks, you know. But nowadays, you have to order 100 copies of the Secret Weapons number one, and then the shops still got to pay for it and then sell it, you know, to recoup some of their costs of those 100 copies. So it's so they have to ask for it. So even if they ordered a hundred copies of Secret Weapons and they don't ask for it, they won't get it. It's on their order, their diamond order form. Mm -hmm. Just because they, you know, if there's a variant, they're not going to get it just for nothing. They have to just mark it down, and a hundred copies of the you know cover A, B, C, whatever, to get that one in one hundred. They it won't be just automatically given to them. Okay. And they still have to pay yeah, for it. You know, it's another comic. Diamond is ruthless that way. They're not friendly to comic shops. They're not going to just give them, you know, a, you know, a cover price of a book just because they want to. Diamond's not, they're not there to help the comic shops. Yeah. I hear that every week. Every I go into to my local shop. They're not very friendly to buy um not the value but the diamond so basically the shop has to order 100 copies ask for the book yeah and it's just like a variant yep. like a variant it's cover. exactly what it is okay and who's signing it do we know who's signing the books good question eric heiser is going to be signing it the writer mm. and you know it's going to be witnessed by fred pierce and dinesh um fred was 
he actually witnessed some of the original ones in the 90s. Um, I might have all of them. I can't remember. I'd have to dig them out to look at them. But there were like 14 of them originally. So. Hmm. Yeah, that those. Yeah, I, I just didn't know anything about it. I don't. I didn't think they do did a good job of uh, promoting it to. Um, you know the to, to people like us. I, I didn't get it until you explained it. I had no idea. I didn't. I had no idea how to get it. So, um, I'll be chasing so, that one. I think it's cool that they're bringing back the uh, the signature series, like the original uh, uh, VBSS, the and the Harbinger Renegade. The coupons where we had to mail in. Uh, four coupons from the four different books uh, to get a, a copy of, uh, oh shoot, what uh, what is it? It's Harbinger Wars uh, uh, 2, number zero. Correct. These are two things that uh, that they're kind of repeating. It was successful and, and we look back on it to, and, and kind of uh, giggle warmly. Uh, like it's what they did with, uh, with, with VH1. But what are the new things that we're going to see with uh, with Valiant Entertainment? What what uh, what new things are we going to see? Um, what what type of covers or promotions are, are we going to see? It seems like they're repeating. Uh, maybe it's a tip of the hat to uh, uh, to the age old, you know, to the previous uh, uh, Valiant iteration. But what what new things are we going to see? Well, haven't we seen that? We've seen the mm-hmm. Unity Golden Ticket. We've seen a metal mm-hmm. cover on EXO. Um, they send out free books to comic shops like the Unity Red. They've sent out the Shadow Man Black. I mean, pull box, pull box variants. Excellent. I I set it up and and Justin just dunked it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, and they're still celebrating the 25th anniversary of Valiant this year. You know, because some titles have been out now for 25 years. And so I think that um, doing this VVSS is a nice homage and a revisit of something from 25 years ago. You know, they attempted to do that with, um, what was it? Shadow Man 13, Unity 1, you know, where they actually had, you know, Bart Sears sign the cover on Unity 1. And that was their VVSS. But, you know, that... It's not a VVSS. It's just a printed cover that somebody had signed, you know, digitally. But actually having Eric Heiser's um, signature with the certificate that is an homage to what Valiant had originally done is pretty damn cool. And I like it. I mean, I may be weird, but I loved when Wizard did the little coupons that you had to cut out and send it to him. Six months later, you got your book. Maybe a year later, you got your like one half edition books or your your XO one half. I like cutting out the coupons, you know, and oh, yeah. that's just being an old fogey. And that's kind of how we grew up. If you wanted stuff, you cut out UPC codes on cereal boxes and saved yeah. them up and sent stuff out. So I thought it was cool. I, I, I never thought it would be big to where Valiant would get a big boost out of it, but it was something where you know Valiant recognizes the old fogies in the room and says, we're going to do something for you. You know, to, to kind of bring back that memory. I mean, because that's kind of, some of us kind of, just, we're just chasing that old feeling we had 
when we were kids collecting these books. And that kind of brought back those old memories to me. So I I liked it. I tip my hat off for Valiant to Valiant for that. Yeah. I'd like a Valiant uh, X-ray glasses. You know, I'll I'll snip a few points. Nice. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Hey, the next series for Savage 2, I'll clip out four coupons to get a Raptor Claw. <laughs> I, I was kind of hoping we were going to get a Raptor Claw after talking to Adam last year at Denver Comic Con. Yeah. Do you remember that, Jim, when we were talking about eye. that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was. I, I don't. I, he must have been joking that they were going to do something because we were talking about the XOX. And he was like, yep, wait till you get the Raptor Claw. And I'm like, what? Okay, let's do it. <laughs> Are you talking this like the one nail from Savage? It, wasn't that the like the little tool he had was like the raptor was it a nail or claw or whatnot? Just the one maybe a tooth. Claw? Yeah, something. Yeah. That'd be that'd be crazy. I could see a kid cutting himself with that though. <laughs> it's no different maybe than the axe. I, Come on. I was just gonna say that, yeah. Yeah. Is the axe metal? Is it like really hard metal? Oh, yeah. It's heavy. Is it? Yeah. It's no foam nerf axe. I mean, it's it's metal with wood, and that shit's sturdy. <laughs> so you could pick up a charge on that. Like, if you had a few beers and walked outside and started talking crap to the neighbors, you get in trouble. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That would be brandishing a weapon. Yeah. <laughs> I won't be having an axe or a claw. Just letting you guys know now. Don't need any charges. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so you think they're going to come out with it? You should push him. You should push him on that. Nah. Justin? I'm not going to push him. I, I just hope that they, you know, do a Savage 2. I talked with B. Clay Moore a little bit, and, you know, he's pitched him. So there's a pitch there. So they have to come out with a Savage too. They have to. Oh yeah. 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 They've got to integrate him with the uh, with the current universe. Yeah. 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 That, you make a lot of sense there, Jim. You have to. You can't just leave leave it out like leave it like it was, and, and just just walk away. That's 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 not good. Oh yeah. I, I, I'm not sure who, you know, how they're they're going to bring him in or what the first team up will be. But will they tip the hat to EXO uh, and Turok when they used to team up and that was successful? We had Bart Sears as the uh, the artist, but uh, maybe we'll see a Savage EXO once uh, uh, we see. Uh, the, the space odyssey end <laughs> and the uh, reintegration with unity. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But yeah, I, I, there has to be a, a savage too. It's, I, I think the, the first one was, was too sexy. And I think La Rosa is probably biting at the bit to draw more dinosaurs. <laughs> probably oh, you know that, but you know, he and uh, Miko are doing an arc for EXO, right? Or are they doing... Oh, God, I can't remember what what they're doing. But, yeah, Miko and Lewis are sharing a book. Yeah, aren't they doing that with EXO? Aren't they, like... Is that the book that they're shifting, like, every arc? They're, they're changing 
Yeah, Juan Arcs. Like Hopscotch, where one arcs uh, uh, one artist, the next, and so forth. Give some time to prepare and meet those deadlines so they get their books out on time. Yeah. I, st- I still, I don't know how they're going to do it. It doesn't make any sense. I can see Savage and War Mother coming together. It's just a lot of a lot of that. Both of those characters seem like they would have a really really good story if they came together and kind of joined up or, or met up for a while. I think you can get a lot of a lot of good story oh, that, out of that. That'd be interesting to have you know, War Mother as a pseudo mother to uh, to yep. set. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I love the whole idea of War Mother. I can't wait. Can't wait for the series. Well, um, yes. Lewis and Miko are teaming up on Bloodshot Salvation with Jeff Lemire. Oh, excellent. Yeah. I believe so Miko, Lemire... I, I believe they're both doing an arc for EXO, but I, those two guys are teaming up together to do Bloodshot Salvation also. This Bloodshot Salvation does the... Does it seem like Old Man Logan or, you know, like the Logan movie that just came out? Do you, are you picking up on that with this Bloodshot Salvation? With the daughter? I'm waiting for Jim to, to reply first. <laughs> you know, Dwan, that's that's a good point. I didn't even uh, pull that connection. Uh, but, uh, yeah, there's, uh, um, oh, man, there, there's so many reused uh, uh, storylines or, or plot plot lines. I don't tropes. know. Tropes. Yeah, tropes. Thanks, Justin. I, <laughs> I'm sitting there. I, I'm reading uh, uh, Silver Surfer, which uh, you know is, is one of those titles by one of those other companies. And uh, I grew up loving Silver Surfer. He was one of my favorite characters. And then it, it dawned upon me that here uh, uh, uh the uh, oh shoot, uh, uh, the the writer of Amazing Spider-Man is also doing uh, Dan Slott. He is doing uh, Silver Surfer, and and he gets a lot of criticism here and there. But I don't know. It, I think he just brings out fun storylines. And uh, Mike Allred is is doing the art. Just love Allred's stuff. Uh, and I'm reading it, loving the series. And then it dawns upon me now that Doctor Who is back on the BBC. It just oh, son of a gun. That's mm-hmm. why I love Silver Surfer so much because of this uh, uh, Silver Surfer's love interest, uh, Dawn. She's traveling around the universe with him. They they've duplicated this idea. This Silver Surfer is just a Doctor Who. It's a, it's a trope, and it just uh, it kind of crushed me a little bit. But yeah, are, are we seeing that within uh, some of these other series? Sure. I, and uh, the way that Lemire is is crossing uh, various uh, what is he still doing what he does Valiant Dark Horse and Marvel so he I would be surprised Marvel. oh did he leave after Old Man Logan yeah mm-hmm. uh-huh. I mean if you so, look at if you look at Bloodshot Reborn every arc is a different trope Bloodshot mm-hmm. ten yep. through thirteen you know we've got Mad Max. <laughs> I mean, seriously, we really do. We have a futuristic dystopian community and everybody's out to get fuel. It's Mad Max. I mean, I loved it. It was gorgeous. Lewis's art on it was phenomenal. 
but every arc was a different trope. It, it was while the art and the stories were really good. It was a very cliche. It was a very safe story. And so comparing bloodshot salvation to old man, Logan, you're spot on. Yeah. It's a and he's safe. not hiding it either. He's not hiding it either. He's <laughs> throwing it out there. Like, yeah. Hey, I'm going to tell this story based off of this old story. Right. Oh yeah. Which one would argue that that's what, what modern story is. It's just the retelling of older stories. I mean, like you can have an author take Shakespeare and translate all the characters of, uh, let's say King Lear. I'm going to turn that into a big 12 issue arc of EXO or name your, uh, name your title. It's, uh, there, you're never going to get away from, uh, the common themes or, uh, the common struggles like man versus man, man, man versus himself, man versus God, man versus uh, the environment. You know, it's, I think there's all you're always going to tread on some commonality, but the way that some writers bring out just brilliant ideas. Uh, Neil Gaiman, thank you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Yeah, but uh, great point, Dwan and uh, Justin. uh, Awesome for bringing that out, man. That's what we do here. Yeah, man, we went from collecting and we're, we're reviewing books now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll save it for those second tier Valiant podcasts. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did uh, Martin kind of got pissed, didn't he? After you, we were reading the uh, our uh, iTunes reviews, yeah. somebody said that we were their favorite podcast. <laughs> Martin did he didn't take it too well. No, he he really didn't. Speaking of which, we got another review. Do you guys want to hear it? Sure. Uh, it's entitled Great Information for Diehard Valiant Fans. Five stars. Um, an entertaining and eclectic look into current events in the Valiant universe. Great stories and insight about collecting comics and a bit about how market forces impact comic book prices. I particularly enjoyed the inside stories about C2E2. And then guys leaving flats at the bar with gasp and a parenthesis and cosplayer antics. And then in parenthesis, Alan Pegg, Alan Pegg, Batman, the original shadow man. And yes, you don't have to take your clothes off to get a gold cover. You just have to know what the valiant booth and panel staff are looking for. So, and that's by (laughs) H2O underscore engineer. So water engineer. Thank you for our, uh, most current review. Good job. And I, I'm still going through therapy for taking my clothes off. So don't ever do that just to get a gold book, guys. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. That's good. So what are we up to? Like four or five reviews now? Yeah, it's uh, number four. Damn it. Hey, get ready, Fox News. We're coming after you. Yeah, right. Number one. <laughs> We're going to be number one here soon. One one review at a time. Well, we've been going for an like hour it. and 40 minutes, guys. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's uh, time to do laundry and uh, empty the dishwasher. <laughs> yeah, we're having breakfast for dinner, so I'm going to enjoy that. That's the best kind of dinner. Yeah, biscuits and gravy. Ooh. Fried egg on top of it. Yeah. Oh, you live in one of them fancy houses. Well, <laughs> we can go out and pick the eggs. I mean, the chickens laid them today. 
like I said, fancy. Oh, this is like a this is like a thirty thirty dollar breakfast meal. My wife made you the know, biscuits. That, like, so I'll make the gravy. But see that I, I'm saying that a joke. Like I you know. know some of the trendy spots here. Are like oh yes, nine dollar toast. Yeah, they just picked the eggs today. Uh, $35 for breakfast. Damn yeah, right. <laughs> well, gentlemen, it's great. Yeah. Talking to you guys. It was a yeah. good episode five, so. We did it. Once again, how's that move going, Jim? Load by load, piece by piece, Juan. We're getting there. Mm. I feel you, man. I feel you. I hate moving. Good Lord. Mm. All right. Well, man, I'm about to go uh, have a tall glass of water. Right on. Well, you gentlemen have a good night, and uh, we'll talk to you probably later tonight or the next day or two. All right, guys. Take care. All right. Bye. This morning, didn't recognize the man in the mirror. Then I laughed and I said, Oh, silly me, that's just me. Then I proceeded to brush some stranger's teeth, but they were my teeth. And I was weightless, just quivering like some leaf come in the window of a restroom. I couldn't tell you what the hell it was supposed to mean, but it was a Monday, no Tuesday, no Wednesday, Thursday, Friday.
Hopefully, uh, those dog houses aren't uh, aren't treating you guys too bad. <laughs> oh, I yeah. I seem to always just like you know every three weeks be in one now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what can you do, right? <laughs> there ain't a damn thing. Nothing. I'm in the daggone uh, Florida room now. I've been banished. Man, it's like I'm not outside, but I'm kind of like halfway there. <laughs> Did you say the Florida room? Yeah, you know, like a three seasons room, kind of. <laughs> yeah, something they added to this house before I got it. Sounds nice. Yeah, I just noticed there's a leak in here, so no. it's really nice. Damn it. <laughs> God, dog it. Jeez. We never come out here. So, daggone it, something else I got to repair. <laughs> Being a homeowner, it's always something. Sucks, yep. man. Mm-hmm. Man. <laughs>